I was experiencing also uh, a lot of domestic violence at home. And my dad basically was an alcoholic. He used to hit my mom and, you know, uh, bad memories of that. When I uh, um, started in high school, I remember I met a, a boy. I told him, you know what, I, I want to go with you to the church. My first time in that church, I was amazed because I, I felt the presence of God there. It was real. And the first thing I asked God was, I want a miracle. I don't want my dad drinking anymore. And I was amazing after that because since that moment, my dad never got drunk again. Home. Wow. Amigos, bienvenidos. That means welcome to another episode of ChristianPodcast.com. We're so happy you're here. And guess what? Today is going to be an awesome episode. I'm from Mexico, from Guadalajara, Mexico. And today I'm going to be talking to a fellow Mexican who lives in Tucson, Arizona, and who happens to be a Christian rocker. In Spanish. So we're going to learn his story. We're going to talk to him a little bit about his experience, maybe even being here in the U.S., about his travels, about his findings as a Christian. It's going to be so epic. So welcome to the show. Oh, yeah. So we have Rodrigo Silva. And Rodrigo, I just want to say this before you know, we get deep dive into our talk today. We just had an episode in Spanish that we recorded because we are both like Spanish speaking, right? So that's yeah. a good advertisement for our other stream of the show, completely in Spanish, where I do episodes with my wife weekly. So you can find that on ChristianPodcast.com and then just click where it says in Espanol, and you're going to find like busloads of episodes that we have in Spanish. Actually, our, our Spanish, and you would figure, right, our Spanish show is growing even more than our English one. It's growing quicker and rapidly. One, because my wife is with me in the show. And second, because it's our first language. It's our mother language. Okay. So if you want to check out our episode with our friend right here, you can check it out, christianpodcast.com. En español. Rodrigo, how are you doing today? Welcome to the show. Hey, Beto, I'm pretty excited. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, <laughs> and thanks for yeah that Spanish show we had. Uh, I had an, ama an amazing time with you, with you guys. Awesome. Well, you know me. We're going to go to our yep. emoji tombola to choose the emoji <laughs> for today. Okay, so are you guys ready? Uh-oh, what is going to be the emoji that we have for today? Let's run the emoji tombola. And it's the inspired emoji. Inspired emoji to kick off the show. So fun. Okay, Rodrigo, what is the idea behind inspired emoji? Why do you feel inspired? <laughs> okay, well, uh, related to what I do, which is music, 
um, in order to write songs, because I'm a singer, uh, songwriter, uh, it's necessary, it's essential to combine inspiration with uh, technique and methodology. Uh, of course, you not necessarily need inspiration in order to do songs, to write songs. Uh, you can use your skills, technique, methodology, and professionalism. Professionalism, but if you combine inspiration with it, you can uh, create something something very special in people's hearts. So that's mm. that's what I need: insp inspiration. Love it to create something special in people's hearts. Man, that's profound right yeah. there. Love it. All right. So, Rodrigo, I mean, we were talking yesterday, and I even see you right now. You're wearing this shirt that says uh, Marley, and I'm assuming it's Bob Marley, yep. One Love, right there. It is. So you're a full-on musician. Like, you have this passion for music. Yesterday, we were talking in Spanish about uh, a little bit of your journey living in the U.S., But also, I mean, your trajectory as a musician is pretty epic, you know, and uh, I had a few musicians here on the show here and then, but I think you're the first <laughs> Mexican musician other than myself, you know, <laughs> being on the show <laughs> where uh, your story is pretty epic. I mean, in a sense, it's almost like maybe not, I don't know if it's the American dream, but the musician dream, right? Like traveling, visiting other countries. And yeah. what is that been like for you, especially taking it from like from like a latino point of view right is is that any different maybe that like than the typical american who travels the world doing music and stuff like how is there anything to that to your own journey or just tell us about that journey of music well first and foremost uh i not only consider myself a musician but also uh a songwriter uh, a singer songwriter and um i consider myself also a music producer I mix music, so um, and now with all this technology, um, I'm starting doing my own my own mastering. So for me, it's been a pretty good experience. Um, you know, being a musician here in the states, uh, it's a it's a totally it's a total blessing. Uh, I've been totally blessed all these years because uh, we're in a country of opportunities. So um, and I think that people um, respect. Uh, well, we do. And of course, in other countries, when I was living in Mexico, also I had pretty good experiences. But when I got here, uh, I grew up a lot. And, and yeah, I think uh, being traveling in diff to different places in the world uh, has opened a lot my, my eyes and, and, and the power you have through the music to touch the people, to touch their hearts. So it's been a pretty amazing experience. Yes. So I want to know just so I mean, people are going to be listening from all over the place. And it's just like I was saying, you know, when you go to your website, you have I mean, you're playing in Lakewood Church in front of thousands of people. Right. And I don't know, for, for some people, mm -hmm. maybe maybe it's like, oh, I don't know, Latinos, their thing is a little bit smaller scale than you know, typical Anglo projections with music and stuff like that. But your journey has mm -hmm. been pretty amazing. So um Just in regards to that, I mean, what, maybe what are some of the, some of the, this is not just to throw like flowers, like we say in Mexico, right? Because uh, I'm, <laughs> exactly. I'm doing this with a purpose, but just to open up people's minds, like, just tell us some of the, like the achievements in a sense, if you may, 
that you have accomplished as a musician? Because I think those are pretty, I, I think it's pretty awesome to say this is what God has granted me or the blessings that God has allowed me to live, right? Yeah, well, the achievements, uh, I've seen, the, the best thing for me is when people uh, come to you and tell you uh, what had happened in their life when they've been listening to your music. I remember a, a guy who once uh, came to me and told me, you know what, me and my wife w were almost to, to divorce and listening to your music, something changed inside of me. So I got inspired now that we're talking about the inspiring emoji. <laughs> <laughs> I got inspired again and, and we're still together. So uh, all those changes um, that we can produce through the music is, is something that keep me motivating, uh, motivated on doing this. And I've seen this in because I had the opportunity to travel to different places, uh, different countries like uh, uh, Central America, South America. I've been in a lot of cities in Mexico, here in the U.S. We've been in Canada, in Toronto, Montreal, uh, Vancouver, uh, in Spain. So, and I, I've seen all those, um, all those uh, testimonies from people. So that's for me. That's a, the the main achievements. Uh, and that keeps uh, that's still my goal to go and 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 understand people's needs and yeah that's why I'm I keep doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is so interesting because you're you're talking about like a very specific purpose when it comes to music, which is technically like you're saying inspire people and. Yeah, I think you're very focused when I hear your lyrics and they're in Spanish, right? And uh, I mean, do you have any in English, yep. like where people can find your music in English or no? Yeah, I I wrote the song, uh, and actually that's my last uh, my my new single. Uh, its name is Resilient, uh, in Spanish uh, Resilientes, and that's 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 curious because uh, that's the first song I I uh, I wrote uh, in English. Uh, Mainly in English. I mean, because sometimes you you write a song in, let's say, in your main language. In my case, in Spanish, and then you translate the lyrics. But in this case, because I have two daughters, one one is twelve and the other one is ten, and uh, the the older one uh, came to me and she told me, you know, I like to sing a song, and I wrote the song because we were during the pandemic, uh, during the COVID nineteen pandemic, and she told me I like to sing a song. She's they're learning to play piano and different. Uh, um, disciplines and when I wrote that song I, I loved it a lot that, that I told her you know what it's gonna be for me I'm gonna record it not, not you <laughs> she was like okay <laughs> and I recorded that song and we did a music video which is amazing and uh, yeah I hope you can you can you like that song once you hear it and it talks precisely about hope uh, because every one of us uh, need hope and we're in pretty difficult times and we're experiencing different changes in the world, um, in society, and we have to keep uh, resilient ourselves. We need to be strong uh, in order to overcome all the challenges in life. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's so cool. So in terms of your, um, yeah, like this, this writing, it's so interesting because like even yesterday we were talking about how you're a singer, songwriter, and you have this approach to music that is very poetic, right? Even your song, Resilientes or Resilient, like it's not, uh, even though you're a Christian, maybe it's not like a typical 
worship song, right? Where uh, you're mentioning God or you're mentioning <laughs> Jesus in, in every word. So that's so interesting. That's interesting. I, I, yeah. I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm sorry to interrupt, but that, that's, that's funny because uh, one day a, a guy came to me and he told me, you know what, Rodrigo, I love your music because uh, when, it, when, it, when the people listen to it, it doesn't look like a Christian song. So I can raise the volume and nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> it's like subtle, right? But that's so powerful because yeah. you were saying like yesterday you said something like, Like, if I would sing a song to my wife, her name doesn't necessarily need to be in the song, right? And no, Gladys or Gladys or, or no, whatever your wife's name is. Like, people don't yeah, usually write Gladys. with their, you know, just repeating their name, even though there's songs like that, right? I mean, I don't know, Grace or whatever, whatever name it might be, which is awesome. But that just, out of curiosity, like, what do you witness here in the U.S.? Like, being, you said you've been here, what, like 20 years? In the U.S.? Yes, 20 years, yeah. Okay, so 20, 20 years, years in the in U.S.? 2003. Wow. That, I mean, that's, that's, that's a long time, right? So in those years, yeah. like doing the type of music that you do, but then also witnessing maybe the type of music that we listen to here in the U.S. And, and I think even the 2000s were uh, uh, almost like a tiebreaker in the in the music industry, especially like the, the Christian music industry where most of the music maybe back then was a little bit like, and that would be kind of fun to, to know like what were your influences if there were any, but let's say mm -hmm. most of the music, the Christian music was a little bit more like that, like poetic, not, not, not necessarily mentioning God in every sentence. So in a sense, not like worship music, But I think in the 2000s, something started happening where it was almost like everything shifted to, okay, now we do songs that we sing in church only, even though they're still rock songs. But, you know, we mention Jesus in every other sentence or we mention God or we praise him, which is awesome, right, that we have those type of songs. But I think it, it kind of pulled away from, from, from the songs that were a little bit more poetic or people were writing no, not necessarily for a congregation but just in sense reflecting mm -hmm. on God. Um, so, yeah, what have you witnessed in, in those 20 years here? Well, now that, that you're talking about, there's an expression in, in, in Spanish. Uh, I don't know how to translate it to English, but it says, poner el dedo en la llaga. How do you say it? How do you say like it? Like put, put the <laughs> finger on the wound? Uh, I think so. Well, <laughs> uh, and I'll do that right now because uh, the worship Of course, worship in music, worship music is necessary in church because we need to worship God. That's one of the ways we worship God, and I love that. Actually, I started uh, as a um, uh, worshiper, uh, worship, uh, doing worship at a church when I was 19. That, that was the first way I started in music. Well, not necessarily, but in Christian music. And when you see that there's a lot of worship music and not too many poetic music or like normal music giving a message to a message to people because the worship music is like the the mainstream uh, in 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 the christian world um like in, in in the secular world world you can see that at the moment the us is pop pop music if you do rock it's like you It's like you're a little bit out of fashion, right? And in Latin America, it's reggaeton. <laughs> <laughs> But in Christian music, the mainstream is, is worship. 
So, um, but I've been doing this type of music, doing uh, writing like more poetic, poetic um, uh, lyrics since I started. Because I don't know, maybe it's because I'm my uh, personality. Maybe because I'm melancholic. Did I say right? Melancholic or introverted. So, um, but I do a lot of energetic music too. But there's always that element of poet uh, poetry. And it's challenging because uh, sometimes you're not invited to all uh, the events in, in the Christian world. So sometimes you have to go, and that's the amazing thing for me, because I've been in a lot of uh, secular uh, events. And I've been opening concerts. Like one day I was in, in, in Miami, Florida, in the American Airlines Arena, and I opened a concert for Alejandro Sanz. I, I don't know if people is related with that uh, singer. He's from Spain. So it was a, a huge sea of people there. Um, and I opened that concert singing my songs and, and I had an, an amazing experience. So that type of doors have been opened to me doing this type of lyrics, this type of music. So the great thing of this is that uh, that's an opportunity to me uh, to share with uh, others uh, the gospel and to share the word of God. So, wow, yes. So, do you think maybe some Christians here in the U.S. are taking the? Well, first, first, let's go to. Do you have any influences? Like for me, it would be back in my days, maybe like Michael W. Smith, <laughs> DC Talk, Jars of Clay, Switchfoot. Uh, what are some of like? Do you have any like Christian rock influences in a sense, like American or? Otherwise, in the in the in the, in the Christian area, my I remember listening to DC Talk. Do you remember Jesus Freak? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that project and POD. Oh, okay. POD, I don't know if they're still. Yeah, I don't know if they're still play, uh, playing, but yeah, but I used to listen a lot of rock of the '90s in Mexico. Caifanes, do you remember okay. Caifanes? Yes. Um, uh, 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 what's the name of this band? Phobia. A lot okay. of Mexican uh, bands, rock bands, and here in the U.S. And, and yeah, DC Talk, P.O.D., Bob Marley. He's not Christian, but you know, music is music. And I hear, I listen to a, a lot of music. I love classical music, and I do a lot of all those um, influences in my music. And sometimes uh, I don't have an orchestra. A whole orchestra to record uh, to put in my in my songs, but you know, synth synthesizers is a good help these days. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you need to hear, you need to listen a lot of music in, in order to to create um, uh, different colors uh, in music, and that way, that's the way the people connect with you. Uh, that's the way the the people engage with you, and that's the opportunity to uh, for them to hear the the, the lyrics. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you would say that, so you mentioned in regards to your own music being, mm -hmm. being basically different than worship, right? Um, you mentioned... Yeah, but, but again, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, uh, but again, uh, I started doing worship music. Sometimes I, I've been in, in events or in churches, like, yeah, and, and they, they asked me if I could do the worship. Um, and of course, I love doing that. Actually... Mm -hmm. It's part of our routine and habit here at home, doing worship with my daughters and, and my wife. So they're learning 
uh, doing that. So actually, my 12 years old and my 10 years old, they're going to start um, in the, at church um, as a part of the of the worship team in, in with the teenagers. So, and I'm pretty excited for that. It's not that I that I reject that. Of course, not. It's part of my life. But when I when I write music, when I write uh, songs, for some reason, I I I go that way. Mm-hmm. And so the cool thing is that it seems like when you write, the the outlet is different than a church, right? So opening for Alejandro Sanz, I bet it's a way different yeah. crowd than than playing worship yeah. in a church setting. So that's awesome because I I think you still have a focus that when you're writing, you might have that audience in mind, but you also have the message in mind. And I don't know, this is this could be me maybe putting words into you or trying to get it out of you, but uh, I, feel, <laughs> yeah, I feel like what I, I feel like what I witness, it's a little bit of like people here. So for example, I mean, I love this guy and I'm just going to mention him because this is the one that comes to mind, right? And I still, I still think he's incredible. I'm not discrediting him at all. It's just what what I see happening, right? Um, Michael W. Smith. To me, he was an amazing songwriter, like unbelievable songwriter back in the 90s, yeah. even early 20s, 2000s, I mean. And then mm-hmm. uh, lately, I feel like his music has been more like, okay, I'm doing worship because that's what people want to hear. And I think he's lost a little bit of that uh, that that passion to say, Can I can I break my brain a little bit to writing a song and including a message and you know thinking about a story for the sake of you know people just want to hear me sing about Jesus right so in a sense mm-hmm. I feel like maybe that's that's the easy route because it you, you have sustainability in in the market maybe in a exactly. sense Exactly well th- th- this is an interesting thing because in the beginning I told you about Uh, the technique you need to do songs, to write songs. Mm. And, and the other thing is inspiration. And sometimes uh, us, um, I mean, when I write a, a, a song, uh, I can, in, if I think, in, uh, if, I, if I have a goal, let's say I wanna, I wanna get to that type of people, I use a technique thinking and that type of people. If, if I want to do worship, I I use my technique and what I've learned about how to write songs, and yeah, and and, and I try I try to get to that pe- to that people with certain type of lyrics, and let's say in worship music. But uh, sometimes it's hard to know the to understand the heart of the of the composers. And uh, let's say that Michael W. Smith. I'm I'm not saying that he is doing that because of the mainstream in the Christian world. But maybe he's being inspired all these days because because he sees the, the need in people to worship in God, and mm. that is amazing. But I've I've seen uh, the other day a guy told me, "Hey, you know what? You're gonna laugh on this." <laughs> he told me, "I need to do I I need I need to do more music and worshiping music and this and blah blah blah." And I asked him, "Oh yeah, that's pretty cool that you're starting again." And he said, "Yeah, I need more money." <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's his expression, and I was like, I was shocked because are you saying that because you see an need in people and and get connected with and engage with god and, or because you need money in my case i'm a canon so i do accounting sometimes it's been hard for me keep doing music because it's not easy well not really hard because because god is faithful you know mm-hmm. he's always there providing 
that's amazing. That's another story. But in in my in my case, um, I've been doing accounting always parallel to my music um, world since I was uh, twenty. But well, when you have a call from God, you need to you need you're gonna have to work hard sometimes. Uh, if the situation is is not easy for you economically or in other in other areas, so I don't know if I'm like explain myself because I have a lot of ideas in my mind, but <laughs> no, that's <laughs> probably good. this could extend yeah. a lot. But yeah, it's more, motivation. It's um, mm. it's a very important thing in our lives. So if we are motivated, motivated and 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 make that the people connect with God through worship music, that's the most uh, beautiful thing. Wow. Yes. Okay. So yeah, you're, you're kind of like, in a sense, taking it back to the, it's a heart issue, right? So it's not about whether you're doing worship or rock music. It's about where is your heart, right? So if your heart isn't yes. worship just because you can make money, then maybe you got to check, check your heart and your intentions and, and your motives to see why. Yeah, because if, if I want to appeal to certain type of people uh, in the Christian world in, Sp in Spanish right now uh, there's sudden type of movement I mean I'm, I'm not gonna name anything but uh, well when where we already know how to appeal to some type of people uh, some niche mm -hmm. and I can write that type of music pretty easy because pretty easy, it's pretty easy and just doing a bit And I can probably make a lot of money doing that, but it's not part of my essence. It, essence, sense, mm -hmm. it's not part of me. So it's it's. If I'm thinking in strategies, that's amazing. You need to do strategies, marketing strategies, etc. But at the same time, you need to get inspired of what is happening in people's heart. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's so cool. Okay, so I want to learn from you, like. Being a Latino, being in the United States, almost like what you're saying is you have a calling to music and you're calling from God. Like you, you receive that from God and you say, I'm on a mission. This is about the gospel. Mm -hmm. There's an audience that I'm reaching that that really worship won't. Right. Like being in front of like Alejandro Sanz fans. I mean, you're reaching an audience. And but also th this idea that you are. You you're like paying yourself, right? Like you're you work you work. You have you know that work ethic of like I'm an accountant. This is how I make a living. This is how I support my family. But I also have a calling, and I feel like that's so inspirational, man. I feel like uh, maybe a lot of people Thank have you. to uh -huh. learn from that, and especially here in America, right? But I would love to learn about how there has there like how do people receive what you do here in the U.S., like living here 20 years, being surrounded by maybe like um, American people around you, and then when they find out, oh, that's what you do, like you're an accountant, but you're also, like you travel the world and you do music and you open for Alejandro Sanz in Miami. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> epic. Like how do people take that? Like the, the day, the day see, I don't know, just like what's your experience? Like is it relevant? Well, Well, yeah, uh, that's interesting because sometimes, and I understand that part, when, when you talk um, to uh, leaders in churches, uh, 
most of I have a lot of uh, friends who are uh, pastors, and sometimes I I have talked about these type of experiences with them, and yeah, they they're happy and seeing what I'm, what God um, has been doing in my life and with my ministry, touching people and more. Uh, at the same time, uh, some people can criticize. Did I say right? Criticize um, that type of um, uh, participations or performances. Um, but this is the reality. The people like you, like me, uh, who is more like um, the audience. This is the reality. The people is listening constantly uh, music, not just Christian music, and and. It's amazing seeing that people is always always trying to listen to good music with good good message. So um, when I've been in this type of events, uh, Christian people who I know they, they are um, glad for me for for what God is been doing in my life. Um, so I have some interviews uh, or I've been in podcasts like this one in with uh, uh, secular or not Christians. Uh, uh, shows and it's amazing how people uh, support me sending messages and they know that that type of uh, podcast or interviews uh, are not Christians that mm -hmm. the hosts are not Christians and that's amazing how they try to get involved in the conversations uh, in a very wise way and 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 that's um, I, when I see that and is the best thing because you see that the people is not only it's not just trying to support you you know i mean they try they've been trying to help you and 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 achieve that goal to engage people with god so yeah that's been my experience in the other hand when i talk to um uh english speaking people uh if i have a lot of friends who are not christian so when i share with them my experiences traveling the world and doing music, um, it, they get connected with me and they go and look for my music. And it's funny because sometimes there, there's a lot of Rodrigo Silva uh, <laughs> in Spotify and Apple Music, and and sometimes they get confused. Like, hey, I didn't know that you used to sing in, in um, Portuguese <laughs> because <laughs> there's a guy from Brazil named Rodrigo Silva too who sings in <laughs> Portuguese. <laughs> the other day, uh, a friend uh, told me, hey, I she's a friend for years i i know her since i was 20 i'm 47 now and she told me the other day rodrigo i didn't know that that, that you uh, recorded a uh um uh, how do you say homenaje how do you say homenaje homage um how, how do you say homage a homage or to pedro infante because there's oh. a guy rodrigo silva in colombia who record <laughs> who recorded <laughs> A Pedro Infante project in honor honoring Pedro Infante, Pedro Infante, and I was laughing. No, that's another. That's another Rodrigo Silva. <laughs> but at the same time, she was like pretty glad supporting me. That's amazing, Rodrigo. That you're not doing. You're, you're not just doing um, a very. Uh, I mean, Christian music, but you, you're opening to other uh, other paths in the good way of of, of this. So yeah, I, I have a lot of pretty good experiences with people. I I've been feeling always uh, supported by by I would say fans. But, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so what would be um, maybe like the the hardest thing you faced 
being here in in the United States as a musician, like what has been like some of the the struggles maybe like trying to make music, but here in the United States, what have you witnessed or have has it been pretty pretty easy, pretty stable, or have you need to overcome um, any hurdles? The hardest thing is English interviews like this one. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm playing. <laughs> well, honestly, honestly, I've, I've been enjoying the ride. I mean, for me, there's no moments where I would say this being hard for me. I mean, I see that type of... Uh, Challenges as that, as challenges, uh, an opportunity for me to grow. So maybe because I have that mentality, I don't feel overwhelmed or stressful under different circumstances. Um, well, before the pandemic, probably this one, this one was a, a, a kind of stress, stressful thing for me. Before the pandemic, I was traveling, traveling a lot. I was traveling every weekend, like like forty eight or 40 uh, weekends of the year I, w I was traveling uh, here in the U.S., uh, performing, performing or doing concerts or going to churches, to events. And I was very tired. Um, I've been traveling. So my two daughters uh, were, are growing. Uh, and, and when I was traveling, I, was, I used to think, well, I'm doing this instead of being with my family right now. So that was a little mm. bit uh, stressful for me. So when the pandemic started, uh, I know it wasn't a pretty good experience for, for most of the world, but for me, it was a moment uh, to rest. Mm. It was a, a break for, for what I was doing. So um, once the pandemic finish, uh, finished, mm, there, was, there was again the opportunity to start uh, traveling, but I said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait. I'm going to... I'm going to be, I'm going to see, uh, it was like expecting what would happen next. Um, and now after months uh, that the pandemic finished, um, we're just uh, uh, trying to start traveling. But in order to answer your question, yeah, the, more, the most struggling moments were that I was tired of traveling a lot since 2014. Of course, I started I started traveling since 2003 or 2005. But in those moments, with no kids, me and my wife, we were, you know, enjoying and <laughs> uh, all that type of experiences. But uh, once my daughter started growing up, I was like, oh, man, I need to be spending more to be spending more time with my family. That's a, the most uh, stressful moments for me. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's so good. I love that. And I think, um, yeah, I, I, I've talked to my friend. I have a lot of musicians, friends too, because kind of like same thing, you know, maybe you are, you're, you're on the like successful side of music, uh, especially like Spanish music, because it's funny, this is kind of like side note, but I came here with America with the dream to make music. But then really? <laughs> I, I, I think it was hard because it's like, okay, I'm doing music in Spanish, but there there wasn't really an audience for that back then, especially you not know, like rock music and indie rock and in Spanish overall, right? When everybody was maybe listening to just like Manao or Caifanes. So it was really hard to break through. 
with with your own songs and stuff like that. But regardless, I feel you, like. But you know what? Yeah. I'm no, sorry. Say, there's a lot of opportunity now that you mentioned that. There's a lot of opportunity. Actually, we're we're trying to get into those that type of events or concerts, opening for that type of bands. We're working on that pretty hard uh, with a friend of mine who is uh, um, a promoter a promoter here in the U.S. So now that you mentioned mentioning that, that's a good opportunity as a musician in Latino uh, that if you like rock uh, because. If, uh, that type of bands like La Gusana Ciega, I don't know if you heard about them, yes. like Caifanes, um, yes. <laughs> not, not anymore. Yeah, that's weird, right? But a lot of uh, bands um, that are playing in the secular world, um, if uh, there's a niche, there are a pretty good niche of people here in the U.S., and that's a pretty good opportunity for us, for me, that I want to expose uh, to the people uh, positive music, with uh, the, with the Christian values, that's a good opportunity to get to get into that type of events and perform, and and that way they can see the light of, of Jesus. That for me, that's that's my goal these days. Wow! Yes, I love that. Okay, so I'll I think I'll stick with that. And so, what do you think? Just I, I would kind of like start wrapping it up right here, but like it seems like you have a goal, you have a purpose for your music. Like you're very Uh, focus with giving a message, bringing the gospel, knowing the audience that you're like you want to be in front of, in a sense. Being a Latino in the United States, now there's more Latinos here. It's like you're saying, there's more opportunities to play the type of songs that you do uh, while still offering, like you said, light and hope. So, what would you say is the what made you follow Jesus in that sense? You know, why why pursue jesus but still like want to put it into songs like what was it about your life your own journey that mm -hmm. says this is so like jesus is so compelling i want to i want to sing about him maybe without mentioning his name but to offer light to other people like what was compelling about him yeah well i mentioned to start i mentioned uh jesus name in my songs but let, let's say 10 20 i don't want It's not that I'm trying to hide his name because his name is over all names. But yeah, as, um, as a composer doing art, for me, sometimes you need to let the people discover what is behind the lyrics. And the people is pretty smart to do that. So how I started, um, in other words, how, how I started, since I was a child, I, I was... Um, uh, pretty exposed to music because my family from my mom's side, uh, in, in my mom's, my mom's uh, side family, there's a lot of musicians. My grandpa was a pretty good musician. And, and uh, when at the same time in my childhood, I experienced, experienced different things in my life. Um, my happy moment, moments, happy moments, uh, my stress, stressful moments, And in, but as, at the same time, I was a kid, like a very talented kid, not anymore, but ah. <laughs> those days I, was, <laughs> I remember that at school, always uh, the teachers um, uh, used to make me participate in, in musical events because I used to sing a lot. But when I 
it, when I was at home, there, we had pretty happy moments moments um, because we used to go uh, visit my family in the south of Mexico. Not south, I mean in Sinaloa. They're from Sinaloa. And I, I have pretty good memories of my family. And as we said in the beginning, I'm original from Nogales. And it's, isn't I grew up there. So it's, Nogales is a small city in the border with, with the U.S., with Arizona. And I was exposed exposed to a mix of cultures and but with all these um, elements on the table I was experiencing also uh, a lot of domestic violence at home because my my father and my dad basically was an alcoholic so every day or every other day he used to come home uh, drunk so always we experienced a lot of, of uh, domestic violence because of that. He used to hit my mom and you know what? There's a lot of bad memories of that. But when I, when I, when I got to my teenage days, when I um, started in high school, I remember I met a, a boy who told me, you know what? I, uh, I'm going to, I'm part of this Christian uh, church. And we, when he said that, I told him, you know what, I, I want to go with you to the church. And when I, my first time in that church, I was amazed because I, I felt the presence of God there. It was real. So I remember saying, asking God if, uh, because there was a pastor saying about the, the, the reality of God. And I asked God if what this guy is saying about you, mm, if for reals, you are real. I want you to do these changes in my home, in my house. Um, and the first thing I asked God was, please, um, I want a miracle. I don't want my dad drinking anymore. And I was amazing after that because since that moment, my dad never drunk, uh, drunk never got drunk again. Home. Wow. So, yeah, so the thing started changing. But there's more, you know what, when my wife uh, met you for the first time, when I was 15, uh, she's my wife Gladys, since, since then, uh, I, I met her when, when we were uh, 15. We was in a concert, by the way. We were in, the, in a concert, a secular concert. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, she used to say that uh, in those days, of every 100 words I, I, I was mentioning, only one was normal because I used to say a lot of bad words and I was very different. And, and, but when I had that experience at church, when I saw the God's reality, everything changed in me. I mean, in my house, things starting uh, changing also. Uh, and then since that moment, I, I started, uh, uh, at church and I never stopped. I started playing drums when I was 17. And when I was, when I was 19, uh, I started uh, the worship team um, as a worship leader. And as I said before, I started writing songs and I was, I started writing songs of my own life, my experiences, how God transformed my life. That's why I've been sharing that type of lyrics, that type of music since then, because I had their experience. I know I know what that means when you're struggling in life, when there's no hope for you, when you're in darkness, and repentantly God uh, does something for you, and you see the light, the life of the Lord. 
wow, fire right there, man. Rodrigo, that's that's so profound. And I think I just want to give you my takeaway, and then we're going to go to our emojis to, to finalize the episode. <laughs> But I think my takeaway is it's along the lines of like God can transform people. And in this case, it's almost like, I think there's a verse in the Bible that's something that the la oración del justo puede mucho. You know, the, the, the mm -hmm. prayer of the righteous man can can do a lot, <laughs> no, for lack of better translation. Yep. But uh, I think God honored that, right? When you prayed and things started, you know, God started moving in your family. That's amazing. But not only that, I mean, to see that years and years later, here you are writing songs uh, that are about that light and God is putting you in front of an audience that it's probably not your typical church audience, right? And maybe mostly Latino exactly. because you're, you're, you know, you're building on your experience and who you are and you know, you're from Nogales, Mexico. So God is utilizing that to put you in front of people to bring his light And that's so awesome. I think, you know, I, I think that's my takeaway. And as we go to our emojis, I want you to think about the next generation. And I love that you have daughters who are, you know, around that young age, 10, 13. My kids are also like, you know, 13, 11, 7 years old. And I think for a lot of them, you know, maybe, maybe they're still to experience God moving their lives And maybe hear that calling to what God can do with their talents and and things like that. So I would say, as we go to the emojis, like focus on the next generation. Focus on your kids, on my kids, on yeah. what your answers would be, okay? So we're going to start Absolutely, off yeah. with, I think it's the blasphemous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> blasphemous emoji. So Rodrigo Silva, okay. not not the Portuguese and not the Colombian Rodrigo Silva, <laughs> the one <laughs> the one in Tucson, Arizona. What is the worst idea that you can think of in the in the pursuit of God's call in your life? Even maybe like the music journey. What would be the worst idea, the most blasphemous that you can think of? That I can think right now as a society in the world right yeah whatever just uh, uh, think of your kids what would you tell them avoid this this is bad this is the worst well it's interesting because for me it's like a blasphemy these days always has been this happening but using god's name to manipulate people's will uh, i mean politically religiously so for me that's like a blasphemy so and sometimes us when uh, as musicians we are in, who are in the music industry we get involved in in that game so yeah blasphemy for me is manipulating uh, people's will wow skeptical emoji <laughs> so what would you tell people like be careful with this you know like skepticism like <laughs> almost like i question this hmm exactly you that face About, that face you just did yeah <laughs> exactly that's what i did <laughs> well i see i see like a forced skepticism 
this is that's interesting because this is because it's more convenient for me not to believe i mean it's skepti- it's a force skepticism because sometimes i talk with people saying yeah i want to get close to god but um, i'm not sure it's because it's more comfortable for them to be for uh, being living that way i they say i prefer not to live because it's more comfortable and enjoyable to live um, uh, as i please we have uh in that way it's like we have lost respect for god mm. so people have some um people have become skeptical also due to institutionalism sometimes the people says no i don't want to be part of that thing because it's weird <laughs> religion that claims i mean the religion that that claims not to be a religion you know uh-huh. and on the other hand there there are many uh elements involved in this in order to um make the people feel skeptical like the political matters uh, people associate uh being a believer with these days with with being part of a political party and that um discredits the path of faith mm. so good inspired emoji so <laughs> where where what gives you hope what inspires you okay. or where do you want to point people to see inspiration you know what i'm very inspired when i uh when i see my daughters sharing my uh, their dreams with me when they say you know well that i want to do this i want to achieve these goals these goals in my life Uh, I want to do music. I want to do, you know, when when you're a kid, you think in different things. But that inspires that, that inspires me a lot. A lot. I'm I'm also inspired when I see the people with humble hearts. Um, I know I'm not got to see people's heart, but you can you can feel you can mm. you can notice when when people is humble in in their hearts. And I'm I I, I also in, uh, get inspired by. You're gonna say how cursi? How, how, I don't know how to say in English. Cheesy. So how <laughs> how cheesy? Yeah, I'm I'm inspired by by the sunsets <laughs> that nice. that bring me peace to myself. I love go walking every every sunset every every evening, walking with my have a little dog, which is very <laughs> she barks a lot, but yeah, I I, I get inspired for all those type of things but mainly when i see my daughters sharing me their dreams because it's part of god's plan dreaming i mean like like joseph in the bible Mm, so good holy so what's a holy (laughs) idea according to rodrigo silva Oh man, I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, holy holiness. You know what? For me, holiness is transformation. It's transformation because, and to become better, it's necessary to change. That's what happened to my life. I was sharing with you about my childhood, how it changed. So, in change for for the better, because sometimes sometimes people change not necessarily for the better so to distance ourselves from spiritually spiritual mediocrity if i can say that way to distance ourselves from selfishness it's necessary to be uh, born a new 
or rebirth each day. So I was, I think I was saying that concept to you yesterday um, in the Spanish um, podcast that it's necessary to be reborn, to be transformed every day. So some, some, I remember I heard a guy, I don't remember who, who was him, that says, um, let me try to translate it in my, man, in my mind. <laughs> He said, the best evidence of a new birth in the Christian uh, life is not only re repeating a prayer, but a transformed life. Mm. So for me, holiness is transformation. And that's part, part of my goal with my music, sharing uh, with people my experiences, my life, uh, so that way they can change their life too. Love it. And lastly, the divine <laughs> emoji, the highest idea Rodrigo Silva can think of. Divine from divinity, right? <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, there's concepts, concepts behind that word. Well, think of divinity like, for me, it's like thinking, uh, it's like a symphony playing a beautiful sound that touches uh, your emotions. Mm. It's like like a guy that persuades us to to walk the right path in life. And and you know what? It's it's just like uh, the sun when it gives you light every day bring in that that light brings you clarity when you don't see because it's dark. So is, is that the same way that how God uh, works in our life? So Um, and the other concept of, for me of, uh, about divinity is love. And, and now, um, for me, the, the most divine and profound concept in life is definitely love. And, the, and God is love. So we should look for that divine source, for that uh, source of divine uh, in, of love every day and stay connected with it. So in other words, um, We need to be connected with God. So, yeah. <laughs> I made it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yes, sir. We made it through the five emojis. My friends, amigos. From Costa Mesa, California. My name is Beto Gudinho. And <laughs> Rodrigo, where can people find your stuff? Like, do you want them to go to your website? And you said the song is in English or Spanish? The Resilientes. I have two versions. One in Spanish okay. and the other one is in English. Okay. Resilientes in Spanish, Resilient in English. So you can find it in every uh, streaming platform like Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, uh, Deezer, etc. And Rodrigo Silva, the guy with this face, not the guy from <laughs> other, the guys from other countries. <laughs> yeah, the original. You can find me also. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can find me also. Find me um, in Facebook as Rodrigo Silva Music, uh, Twitter Rod Silva Music. Let me run. There's a lot of options. Uh, what's the other one? Instagram. Threads. Rodrigo Silva Band. Yes. Huh? Threads. Twitter. Oh, thread, Twitter. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that part. I forgot that part. TikTok. 
en TikTok es Rodrigo Silva Music 2, YouTube Rodrigo Silva Music. So, yeah, I hope you can find me there and, and you like my music. Awesome. We do like it. All right, let's see you guys on the next one. <laughs> and I want to say, if you like this episode, please like, subscribe, share it with a friend. Visit us at cristianpodcast.com like I said we have the Spanish stream where we did an interview my wife and me with Rodrigo Silva completely in Spanish it's awesome so check it out on our website but please give us a five star review only if it's not five star don't even give us a review move on to the next podcast okay go go listen to something else ah well thank you for being here we'll see you guys on the next one thank you